The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Uh, I am your host, Galen McDowell. I am the Senior Assistant Minister and Executive Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is a Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. Uh, we're getting close either this week um, or might extend it an, another week where we're wrapping up this Lisa Nichols book. Uh, you know, I've had a great time teaching this book. A great, great time. And I hope that you have received a lot of practical principles and, and lessons from working with this podcast and also working with the book because the book is full of great ideas and action steps for you to achieve the dreams that you desire. It's kind of funny that we're in the midst of working with this Abundance Now book because at Christ Universal Temple, uh, Reverend Wells has started the Dream Series. And for those who are unaware, the Dream Series is the series where we go through a 12-step process to achieving your dream. And, uh, you know, if you're in the Chicagoland area, definitely stop by and check it out. But also, if you want to, you can go to the church website, uh, www.cutemple.org, C-U, the word temple.org, or go to the C-U-T website, excuse me, the C-U-T YouTube page, which is C-U Temple, and just pull up the lessons on the Dream Series. Uh, uh, The first one is already up from the first Sunday in June. I believe that was June 3rd. Uh, I'm sure sometime this week, the June 10th, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, will be up. So, and if not, again, you can always go to the church website, and they already have them posted in a certain section. So you can supplement whatever you're doing with what the with the work that the ministry is doing. You don't necessarily have to be in the building to be plugged in to what the ministry is doing to be a part of the collective consciousness that helps us get uh, the desires of our hearts. So. I'm in the midst of teaching uh, this chapter, Activating Future Abundance in the Present Moment. And I do want to, again, I do want to wrap this up, but I do want to make sure that I take my time. That's why I've been 
so methodical when it comes to this book to make sure that you get the different points that you need to get so you can get the breakthroughs you want to get. All right. So I'm going straight to page 275. Move past where you would normally stop. This is important. Move past where you would normally stop. She wrote, there's another benefit to creating micro wins every day. They keep you in motion, sweeping you past where you normally would stop. In fact, there's imperative to overcoming our brain's natural inclination to stop whenever we approach circumstances it thinks might be harmful. Scientists know that our unconscious mind is a storehouse of emotions, habits, and memories, both positive and negative. It remembers failures, sufferings, humiliations, plus a multitude of other negative events, then uses that history to protect us from the same thing happening again. Our unconscious mind is not focused on making sure our life is enjoyable or awe-inspiring. Its job is survival. So it creates its own protection mechanism, thoughts, fears, justifications, just to keep us from moving forward in areas that are entirely new or where we've tried and failed. Creating micro-wins can help you overcome the power of the unconscious mind in order to move past where you would normally stop. Now, she said a mouthful there, but I'm going to use a different analogy. Um, I read all of that so you would have what she stated before I went my own way. When you go to the gym uh, and you get a person who will train you or you have a yoga class or anything that requires uh, some physicality, you know, you're part of a basketball team or track team or whatever, you normally will have a coach or a personal trainer. And one of the things that a personal trainer, a coach, a sensei or whatever will do is get you to the space to where you create a new um, what's the a new wall. And what do I mean by that? And the wall is where you hit and you say, OK, I can't do anymore. So say, for instance, you're working with a personal trainer and you're doing uh, lifting, you're bench pressing. And sometimes you'll hear a person say, give me one more. Give me two more. So you thought you can only do eight. Now your new limit is 10. Now, every time you, you, he says, give me one more. She says, give me one more. Give me two more. Now you went from your limit being eight to 10. Now it's from 10 to 12. Now it's from 12 to 14. And next thing you know, you might be doing 20 or 30 reps. And before you started the process, you thought your limit was eight. You thought that was your wall. You know, uh, you know, I, I can remember, you know, and uh, Chinese martial arts, they have these drills. They call drum drills where they play these Chinese drills or Sifu was really good at it. We do the form, form, kick, kick, punch, kick, block, punch, punch, kick, kick. You're doing the form over and over again, over and over again, over and over again. But you got to stay in rhythm with the with the beat of the drums. And, you know, this is back in the day, we would do these drills and we would be exhausted. And he's like, OK, let's give, you know, one more, one more run through through the form. One more run through through the form. One more. And you do the form. So you thought maybe you could do. You know, five minutes worth of drum drills when you first started or less because you got to keep the pace. Next thing you know, you're doing 15 minutes worth of drum drills. Now, what could you do if you were two to three times 
more efficient or better in a particular skill than you are now? What would be the difference? What would be the impact in your life if you created new limits consistently? Well, you thought you could only make this amount of money. And this is what you've always made. You know, I'd normally tell people, if you go back and you look at your salaries, your adult salaries, uh, once you get to a certain place, you'll start noticing that you that there's a consistency. You can change jobs, but most of the time you stay within a range. That range is, you know, normally within ten thousand or less. And f- part of pushing through is creating a new limit, because you know, for instance, a person that's making you know fifty thousand dollars a year you know, moves on to another job, many times it's a $50,000 a year job swinging one way or another, potentially 10 grand. Most of the time it's really, really close. I'm being liberal with the 10 grand. And what's important to recognize is when you create a new money limit in your mind, now your mind, you, you you have to close the gap in action because your mind is saying this is where I'm supposed to be. And this is what's showing up. Now, what needs to happen? So, so you start to create new limits. So, next thing you know, you're you're, you're creating businesses. Next thing you know, you're doing the work that's getting you promoted. Next thing you know, you're you're connected to other investments, etc. So now you're creating new money limits. So it's just like being a teenager when when you were potentially a teenager and I'm talking from American, I don't know, you know, I know these shows go all over the place where a person maybe 30 years ago was, it was making, you know, minimum wage of, you know, $4 an hour or whatever, 30 years ago, your mind can't even comprehend what it would be like to live at that level because that's not your limit now. Your mind can't literally come like it's, like there's no way I would live off of that that amount of money. And I realize in other areas of the world that that level of money in and of itself is being is is, is more than enough, which is crazy. But uh, and tells you as a community and as a world we need to do better, a lot better. That being said, when you create new limits money wise, it makes a difference. When you create new limits physically, okay, you can only walk on a treadmill for 10 minutes without getting out of breath. Now, can you do 12 minutes? Can you do 15 minutes? Now, can you do 20 minutes? Now, can you do 25 minutes? Can you do 30 minutes? Say, so, well, I, I don't like to do all this reading. Okay, can you read 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes in the evening? Yeah, I could do that. Okay, can you do 15 minutes in the morning? And 15 minutes in the evening, yes, I could do that. Can you do 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the evening? Yeah, I can do that. You're building a new limit. You're pushing past the walls. You're creating new standards. You say, I don't know how to meditate. Okay, can you meditate for two minutes? Okay, now just do two minutes for a week or two. Now add a minute. Now add two minutes. Now you're five minutes. Now that five minutes might take every morning, every evening, might take you a, a month to really settle down and get centered on. And then you say, you know what, if I could do five minutes every morning and five minutes every evening, then I can do 10 minutes every morning and 10 minutes every evening. 
And you see how the process works? It's, it's, it's working with creating new limits. Now, being still, being centered, and sitting for 10 minutes, visualizing, visioning, uh, being still, allowing the inspiration of spirit to guide and lead and, and fill you up can be a different conversation. That being said, when you create new limits, you create new lives or you'll create a new life by creating new limits. This is really important because, you know, I, I, I told someone uh, a couple of weeks ago at a dinner that when I first came to Christ Universal Temple and I got into the teacher training at the time, it was called teacher counselor program to train people how to become through the Johnny Coleman Institute to train people to become licensed UFBL Universal Foundation for Better Living teachers and or counselors. The counselors process doesn't exist anymore. It's only ministers who counsel in our movement. But anyway, so as I was going through the program, uh, it was a woman that was teaching a class called Effective Communication. I was part of the first year. Part of it was basically like college level English 101. And this, and the, that was the first 15 weeks. The second 15 weeks was um, teaching you how to speak and how to teach your subjects. It wasn't really methods of teaching. It was more how to speak, how to, you know, teach your ideas, how to have sub ideas, et cetera, et cetera. And I told the person that I, I, re- I remember my original talk because I struggled with three minutes and he couldn't believe it. He's like, you struggled to talk for three minutes. So yeah, I was always a talkative person. So when I had to stand in front of my class and in front of my teacher and she was recording us and I didn't want to mess up and I got nervous and I said, you know, we went from three minutes to five minutes. We went from five minutes to eight minutes. We went from eight minutes to 10 minutes. I said, and then we had to answer questions from our classmates and the teacher to make sure that we could defend our, uh, our hypothesis or position. I said, it was, I said, it was, it was a trip. I said, but I just kept working. I said, now I can talk about any subject. That I have, that I'm comfortable far as new thought, Bible, spirituality, religion, uh, <laughs> basketball, martial arts, whatever. If I'm comfortable with the subject, I can talk for hours on it because I've done my research. I know what I'm talking about. And I know that that's not a skill that I walked into this church uh, with that was even slightly developed. But I did the work. Now, they taught me how to do it, but I did the work. Because they kept asking, one more rep, two more reps, three more reps, give me five more reps. And I just kept getting better and better and better. And now I can stand in front of thousands of people and do it without breaking a sweat. It's the reps. Create new limits. It's important that you push through for the breakthrough. Now, this is what she goes on to say, page 275. What else can you do to keep moving? She wrote, be accountable to your intentions. Set the intention to accomplish your goal no matter what. Then establish an accountability mechanism to make sure you create micro wins every day. Check in regularly with a rocket booster friend 
Set deadlines on the calendar. Clear your schedule of conflicting projects. Do what you need to do to be accountable to the intention you set. Now, let's start this from the beginning. First of all, accountability is tough for people because many times people just don't like accountability. You know, I, you know, I'm known to say or tell my students, most of us live a life that says, if you don't call me on my stuff, I won't call you on yours. If you don't call me on my lack of production, I won't call you on your lack of production. If you don't call me on my lack of accountability, I won't call you on your lack of accountability. You know, we just kind of just live, and I'm not saying everybody, but many people just kind of live their lives in a way that says, I see the problems over there, but I got my own, so I'm not going to poke the bear so you won't poke mine. Because if I deal with you and you start dealing with me, then I got to deal with my own stuff. So we just let it be and nothing gets healed and nothing gets transformed. So we need accountability for our intentions. First is setting intentions. Sometimes people don't set intentions so they won't fail. Just think about it. They set um, intentions. So they won't fail. If you don't ever set a goal, then you won't have a life of achievement. Again, if you aim at nothing, you hit nothing dead on the head. If you aim at nothing, you'll hit nothing dead on the head. In other words, you will allow life to happen to you. And sometimes you'll bump into blessings. And sometimes you'll bump into mess. And sometimes you'll be in things that don't have anything to do with you because you have no intention. It's really important to understand what's actually happening. It's really important to understand that you create your intention. And if you are not an intentional person, life can never be the way you want it to be because you have to have the intention before you can have accountability. And intention sets the power of the universe toward a goal. Intention sets the thinking and feeling and the power of the spoken word, divine or universal law towards a particular goal to produce it. You can't expect to have oranges when you don't plant the orange tree seed that produces the orange tree that produces the oranges. You have to have intention. All right, back to the book. She also says, establish an accountability mechanism to make sure you create micro wins every day. Now, I'm a big believer in mastermind groups or or accountability partners. She calls the accountability partner a rocket booster friend, a person who's going to be with you to help push you. Now, here's the thing. Sometimes your best buddies cannot be your rocket booster friends because um, you can be close to them, but, but people who are comfortable where they are 
shouldn't be rocket booster friends, in my opinion. A rocket booster friend is somebody that's going to say, you're going to help me push and I'm going to help you push. A rocket booster friend is a person that says, hey, I thought you said you were going to the gym three times this week. You didn't go at all. What's up? Sort of like a sponsor, you know, uh, for people who have gone through uh, Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous, uh, they have sponsors. These sponsors aren't people who are paid. These are people who have used the program to get clean, and then they have decided to give back in service to the program to help save their life because they had a sponsor, et cetera, et cetera. So the sponsor says, hey, you haven't been in any meetings. Hey, um, what's going on with X, Y, and Z? Hey, you haven't checked in with me. Hey, 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 what is their job? To hold the person accountable to the program so they can maintain the sobriety. Now, does that mean that the person always maintains their sobriety? No. So it's the sponsor's job to help the person recalibrate and get back on the program. And it's the rocket booster friend or the mastermind partner or the accountability partner's job to help remind you, hey, it's time to get back on the plan, on the plan. It's time to get back on that success plan. It's time to get back on that diet. It's time to get back on that financial uh, freedom plan. Hey, it's time to get back on whatever that self-improvement thing that you're doing. Hey, it's time to get back on your goals. Hey, it's time to get back on your intention. You have to have people that are willing to be the stand for you and not the pillow. I'm not saying you don't need a pillow. A pillow is not an accountability partner. A pillow is not a mastermind partner. A pillow is not a rocket booster friend. I'm not saying they're not needed. Sometimes you need somebody that's just going to love you just to love you. And you also need people that's going to say, hey, I thought you said you would have that by Friday. (sighs) That's going to say, hey. I'm not here for the emotions. I'm here to talk about what needs to be done. Because anytime we feel weak or we get fresh, uh, frustrated, we resort to emotionalism. And, and many times we'll take it out on the people who are holding us accountable. We'll de- want to argue and debate about stated facts and agreements. Instead of, look, this is what needs to be done. Now, we can do this. Or we can just get on agenda. You know, it's sort of like people who, who, you know, argue about why they were speeding when they get stopped for speeding. The police officer is not there for that. Okay, it's 35 miles an hour. uh, uh, It's posted clearly on the side, side of the road and you're doing 70 and I stop you. I ain't really trying to hear. If I'm a police officer, I'm really not trying to hear what you're talking about. These are this the the speed limit was posted. You violated it. Here's your ticket. What's your attitude for? And your attitude don't matter to me here. See, but we want to debate with our breakdowns instead of being accountable 
and in integrity to uh, to the agreement. And it makes a difference. I remember, you know, I'm not a person who, who, who believes in getting like tickets for speeding and things of that nature. I remember one time as well, I did get stopped. I was, uh, I think I was doing like 40 in a 30 miles an hour or whatever. You know, you know, I was driving through some suburb and I was listening to, you know, my old school hip hop show. Some, something came on the, on the radio like Eric being rock him and I was getting it. Didn't pay attention to the police officer. They pull over. I didn't realize I was speeding. He told me, I was like, oh, okay. Got my ticket. Went to the, went to the, uh, uh, the, the driving school so it could get off your record, pay the money, go to the driving school so it wouldn't be on my record. And I could remember it was people in there in the, in the, in the class arguing and debating with the driver's education teacher that you have to go to when you, you know, you pay to get it off your record. And I'm sitting there and I remember saying to the people, look, the more you argue with this guy, the longer we have to be here. Now, the ticket is we're all here because we we're speeding. Now, we can argue with him or we can let him finish what he has to say. And then we all can go home. Right, I was, it was just, and, and then I said to them, driving is not a is not a right. It's a privilege. There's no constitutional right that says you have a right to drive. It is a privilege. Now, when 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 the laws of that privilege are violated, okay, you got to deal with it. Now, let's just deal with it. But they wanted to argue, argue, argue until I just got to the point. This was many years ago. I was in my in my twenties. Uh, well, I was like, this this is. I, I just got fed up. Well, this is ridiculous. And we have to get to the place that where we recognize. What we're doing and why. Are you arguing with what is and it's stopping you and 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 now that's become your limited because you, because instead of being in integrity, you rather argue and get emotional about what is and why it should be different and all this type of stuff. Instead of game planning, setting intentions, creating new standards, creating new limits that needs to happen. Or are you arguing with life about you know, what mama did or mama didn't do or what the ex did or didn't do, or what your children are doing or not doing or what the politician is doing or not doing. I'm not saying to vote. I'm saying communicate and do all the things, but do it from an empowered position, not from a disempowered position. So we're getting close to our break. So let me remind you that you can call in to the show um, and uh, ask questions if you want. That's really important. Uh, the show number, I just forgot it because the new number, <laughs> uh, somebody give me the new show number because I forgot it. I always, uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember it, but it's not popping up right now. Let me see if I can pull it up really fast. It is 816-251-3555. You have a question, call me and ask. And uh, so we can chit chat and I can find out where you are. So uh, with that, we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. 
Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach around the world, we depend on the generosity of listeners like you. If you enjoy the programming, please make your donation today by going to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate. Thank you for your support. Here's Eric Butterworth with a Unity Mindful Moment. Unfortunately, religions have tended to present themselves as institutions instead of perceptions, something you join instead of a transcendence that you experience. We've tended to believe that God works exclusively through the machinery of an institution. So it is self-evident that most persons believe that you go to church to get close to God. The fact is, if God is present in the church, God is also present in the theater. God is present, period, because God is an online presence, everywhere present. So you don't go to church to get close to God. But you go to church, perhaps, hopefully, to be challenged to dig within yourself and to find that consciousness of the presence that is with you wherever you go. So that wherever you go, wherever you are, God is. To pick up the Eric Butterworth book, Practical Metaphysics, go to unity.org and click on Shop. Take time out for you and join other like-minded souls looking to build their connection to spirit with the Unity at Sea Cruise in 2019. Experience a spiritual retreat at sea as you participate in a special program designed to help you on your individual journey of self-discovery. Deepen and explore your spiritual growth with Unity ministers and presenters as you enjoy exotic Caribbean ports of call. For all the details, go to unity.org slash unity at sea now to make a deposit by January 30th and save $100. Here's a unity mindful moment. The ancient Chinese philosopher known as Lao Tzu brings us into the present moment with this quote. Do you have the patience to wait until your mud settles and the water is clear? Can you remain unmoving till the right action arises by itself? The master doesn't seek fulfillment, but not seeking, not expecting, is fully present and can welcome all things. When you're feeling impatient, think about this passage and trust in the moment. Take some time to relax and tune into spirit with Reverend Paulette Pipe and Touching the Stillness. Every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central, join Paulette for a soul-stirring meditation that will leave you energized and inspired. Tune in and connect with listeners around the world in affirmative prayer. Not your everyday radio show. Touching the Stillness will help you bring new meaning and clarity to your life. Find Paulette on Facebook and listen each week right here at Unity Online Radio. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Before I get back into teaching the book, let me remind you that this show, along with all the other shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So as you freely receive, freely give, go to the website, uh, unity.fm, click on the giving or the donate button and help support this online ministry so we can continue to spread 
this good news, because that's what the gospel really is. Not good news, the good news of the omnipresence of God and the divinity of humankind and the ability to transform your life by the way you think and the ability to touch this inner presence through your prayer and meditation and the recognition that we live in a universe that is governed by divine law. These truths need to be spread around the world because we believe that they can make a difference in society. And not only in the United States where unity is, but all over the world, because this isn't a, a, an American message. This is a world message. This is a universal message that that God is. And so when we talk, talk talking about God is and I am an individualized expression of God, that changes the game. So I want to make sure that you are aware that. We need your support. And if you're getting any level of benefit from these podcasts, not just my show, but the other shows as well, make sure that it shows up in your giving because you can't outgive God. Also, I want to remind you that this show is on iTunes or I believe it's now called iTunes Podcast. Uh, you might have to look that up. Um, when I Google it, it says iTunes. When I go into my iPhone, it says it's in the iTunes podcast. So just look up Truth Transforms or Galen McDowell. It pops up. If you have an Android phone, use the Stitcher app. And also be reminded that this show has a Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell, which is uh, the easiest way, by the way, to get in contact with me. And also. It uh, has a um, a place where you can put a rating on. Matter of fact, the iTunes and the Stitcher does as well. So my request is that you go on and give it a five-star rating and write a positive review. It helps with the algorithms. It also helps when people Google things like transform or whatever or truth. It helps. Uh, it, it helps it land on the front page. Thank God, based upon your current work uh, or listening to my show that when I Google truth transforms, my show shows up first. Uh, but that wasn't always the case. It was other ministries and other things that, that had truth transforms or other t or something similar in the title. But based upon six years of podcast and your work, it is allowed the show to be number one in the Google rating. And, and I greatly appreciate it. So let's keep it up. So let's let's occupy all the spots. In other words, individual podcasts will be will be the first 10 pages when you Google Truth Transforms, because I believe that's possible and it could be a new limit. All right. So that's an intention. I've said it. Now, help me attain it. Now. She goes on to say on page 275, additionally, recognize and welcome fear storms as opportunities for growth. Fear storms. Now, what does that mean? Things that show up that scare you. Things that show up that aren't expected. Things that show up that look very challenging. It's important for you to recognize that you might bump into your Goliath as you are seeking your goals. And you have to look at it as an opportunity. 
not as a breakdown or problem or or uh, an obstacle in your way. It's just an opportunity. It's a growth opportunity. And if you look at it as a growth opportunity, then you 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 set yourself up for the possibility of using it as a way through which God's glory can be demonstrated. It's sort of like with David, you know, in the, in the Bible, in the in, when he was fighting Goliath, he looked at it as an opportunity to show forth the power of God. Now, we can get into the human aspects of the story, which I really don't want to get into. These people are fighting these people, and God is the God of all people. I get all of that. But as a story, it's powerful because he had no business, according to the world, being on that battlefield. This little boy who was bringing food to his older brothers while they were a part of the army of Israel. And while this giant of a man was boasting about what he could do, and even to the point where he said, you know, the whole armies don't even have to fight. You just send one fighter out. And if they if they can defeat me, we'll bow. And it, every fighter was scared to go out until this little boy who was bringing food to his brothers said, hey, what's going on? Uh, this Goliath got his Philist, Philist, uh, Philistine warrior who's an exceptionally large man you know he's boasting and bragging and everybody's scared to fight and he's like i'll go fight him i'll go fight him how dare he defile the armies of of the lord etc etc you read the story yourself it's in first samuel what's interesting about the story is a couple of things one, his level of courage. Two, his level of conviction. When they asked him uh, if he could do it, he said, when I'm out in, in, in the fields tending to my father's sheep, if a lion or a bear comes, I strike it and I kill it. Who is this guy? His conviction was, I'm already prepared to do this. I face worse. And I came out successful. He just saw it as a growth opportunity. Now, I'm not going to teach the whole David and Goliath story because that's a sermon. But I do want to make sure that you get that his mindset was different. He looked that I was everybody else was afraid, including the, the king, Saul. But he said, I'm just going to go out here and do what I know how to do. And I'm going to handle this business, which he did. All right. She said something that's really interesting. She says that, and I recognize that, she says, what I soon realized, page 276, what I soon realized was that these fear storms were there for a reason, to move me past where I would normally stop. 
I recognize that fear is designed to keep you on your A game. Well, that's meaning, but it's still good. Remember that. Remember when I told you about speaking at Disney Dreamers Academy and I met Bishop T.D. Jakes? She said there he said fear comes into your life to keep you studying, to keep you on your A game, to remind you to practice. Fear comes in to keep you awake. See, instead of using it as uh, something that's detrimental, like, oh, okay, I see you. I see you. So let me use a different way of saying it. The growth opportunities help you develop in ways that you would never develop if that growth opportunity with the world caused problems weren't there. If those problems weren't there, would you push yourself to grow, to develop, to learn, to make those connections, to communicate with who you need to communicate with and step outside your comfort zones? Would you really push yourself? Would you really push yourself? Would you really push yourself? I remember watching uh, some boxers talking. This is probably 20 plus years ago on um, ESPN. And one of them said, the fight is won on the road. And what he meant was, when fighters are training to fight, one of the things they do is they jog. They'll hit that road. When they they go to their training camp, part of their training is to hit the road, and they're jogging, and they're building up their stamina, their endurance their second, third, fourth, and fifth wins. So when they get that first win, when they and they get that second wind, et cetera, they can keep pushing through. But when you get in the ring and your cardio isn't there, it doesn't make a difference how good your jab, hook, right cross combination is. If you're too tired to lift up your arms because your cardio is poor, It doesn't make a difference how good you can bob and weave and how good your footwork is. If your body is too slow because your cardio is poor. And it doesn't make a difference how smart you are if you have not put the structures around you to succeed. Know what you're facing. Some people set goals and don't even really actually stop to process what it means. Jesus said, he said, one man, um, if you wanted to build a, a tower, didn't stop first and count the cost. Or if he was, willing, if he was going to war, wouldn't stop and see if with the, and I'm paraphrasing, with the soldiers he has, has the ability to defeat the soldiers that the enemy has. Know what you're facing. Know what you're facing. If you don't know what you're facing, then you will be ill-prepared to handle what needs to be handled. Are you prepared? For what it is you say you want? 
Let me rephrase it. Are you preparing for what it is you say you want? This is how Jesus said it. This is in a new international version of the Bible. He said, this is in Luke chapter 14, verses 25 through 34, for those who want to look it up. Luke chapter 14, verses 25 through 34. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me, uh, let me, uh, and does not hate father and mother, hate in Aramaic, by the way, means set aside. So he's saying, if you can't set aside father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot become my disciple. So he was telling people, this is the cost to follow me. You got to be willing to set aside. He says, and whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. In other words, that you got to deal with your own stuff. What are you going to deny? What are you going to release? What are you going to let go? Then he wrote, Suppose one of or says, excuse me, suppose one of you want to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? Again, that's being prepared for what it is that you say that you want. He says, For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, This person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Really allowed at the land. And they'll know you didn't finish because you weren't prepared. You didn't count the cost. She go, he goes on to say, or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Mm. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? So it's important to recognize that you need to estimate the cost, and part of estimating the cost is recognizing the difference between what I would call fear that's based upon a negative consciousness of, oh my God, this can happen, or or what I would call a healthy respect of what's in front of you. A healthy respect of what you're dealing with. A healthy respect of what it will require from you to accomplish what you say you desire. It's necessary to have a healthy respect because if not, you won't create your A game. Now, notice I didn't say deliver because your A game now might not be the A game that's needed to produce your goal. One of the things that I always tell my classes is that the dream is not for the now you. The dream is for the potential you. You have to you have to develop into the person. Who has the who has the consciousness for that dream. Yes. So you get the revelation. The revelation pushes you into becoming the person who can produce that dream. This is key. 
And part of being a person who can produce that dream is is developing new A games. You thought this was your A game, but then you keep adding to your game. You just keep adding to your game. If you had to write down on a piece of paper the ways in which you have improved in different areas of your life, say if you, uh, you know, what would you write down? Okay, if you look at three years ago and today, financially, have I improved? With my communication, how have I improved? With my work, career, or business, how have I improved? With my money, how have I improved? Intimate relationships, family relationships, how have I improved? Friendships, how have I How am I better? How, how have I transformed? How am I showing up improved in any of these areas of my life? Physically, how have I improved? Have I improved at all? Now, you might say, well, I'm getting older. Okay, well, does older mean that you just have to let go? So, okay, you might not be able to play basketball on a 94 feet full court because you're not at that stage of life anymore. But that doesn't mean you can't be in shape. So, say, for instance, three years ago, you weren't walking around, you weren't walking at all, and now you're walking multiple blocks a day. That's an improvement. If three years ago you weren't budgeting your money and now you have a budget, that's an improvement. If three years ago you were never taking vacations and now you have a a, a vacation budget, so you and your family or just you or whatever you want to do can go places and do things in ways that make sense, that's an improvement. If you had a business idea, and you have put the structure together and, and you have a business plan and a board and, and you know, and products and et cetera. And you didn't have that two, three years ago. That's an improvement. But if you looked at your life and said, OK, in what areas have I improved? What would you say? In what ways are. In what areas of my life am I basically at the same stage or worse off? Because the level of skill necessary at a particular level of life in your past might not be the might not be adequate enough for what you have to deal with now. It just makes you think, you know, when, you know, I know that I'm not the same minister that I was when I was originally ordained. Was 16 years ago now. And I know I'm not definitely the person that I was licensed to teach 21 years ago. Different teacher, different skill set. I would, I probably would cringe if I went back and, and listened to some of the stuff. And I thought I was pretty good then. <laughs> I probably would cringe. Like, oh, you could have said that so much better. That's a part of the growth. You know, as as many spiritual teachers, are, as we when we communicate with each other, one of the things that we've realized is 
The student is different than it was 20 years ago. The Internet has made or created a, a new student. So information that you used to have access to as a spiritual teacher, everybody has access to now. They want to know about something, they just Google it or go to YouTube, watch a video on it, learn how to do it themselves. So being an expert just as a person who has the data is not being an expert now. An expert now is a person that shows you how to use the data. So if a person says to me, uh, well, you know, I could just read this book. You're right. You could just read this book. I'm not here to teach you the book. I tell my students in my classes all the time, every class, you read the book, I teach the class. I'm not here to read books. Let's, let's turn to page seven and read the whole page out loud. That's not teaching. You don't need me to read a book out loud. You don't need me to read this book out loud that I'm teaching. My job is to take parts of it and to bring insight to the different points. My job is to take scripture and bring insights. My job is to talk and teach you about your own spiritual nature and your own consciousness and teach you how to work with it to get you the desired results. So if I am not clear, then I can't do what I need to do. So my level of of skill set has to match the current student. Teaching online here, I can't see you. You can't see me. So my voice has to do the complete teaching. I can't use, uh, you know, facial expressions. I can't use PowerPoint. I can't use a, a chalkboard. So my voice, ha- my voice literally has to teach. I need this to land because I really want you to get. So some of the ways that I had to learn how to teach people, which was based upon having a student in front of me, doesn't matter now. Because I, my voice and the stories, the analogies, et cetera, I can use teach people even if I'm not in front of them, even if they can't see my face, even if they can't see anything that I would bring to the class, uh, another class as far as bells and whistles are concerned. Now, one more point out of this before we close. She wrote, page 278, by the time you've worked 40 years in a career or life calling, you will have spent more than 350,000 hours creating, learning, connecting, producing, earning, and serving, all while building a legacy that is uniquely yours. So if you work 40 years, you will work 350,000 hours doing something. What will be the results from all of those hours? What will be the legacy? What will you produce? What's transferable? I'm not just talking about money. I'm also talking about knowledge. What's transferable? What can help the next generation? Or generations. That's a part of your legacy. Just don't let time pass you. Or go past you, rather. Excuse me. Make your time count. She says it this way. On page 279, 
for me, legacy means living every day, being worthy of the story that's going to be told about me one day. My intention is to live a life that inspires people to say, Lisa was a woman who example to us how to work digitally with what God has given us, how to love across cultural, religious, and economic boundaries to build bridges committed to our life of service and believe we should have fun while pursuing our life calling. She's really clear about what that means for her. Get real clear about what that means for you. If you get real clear, miracles can happen in your life because you're creating a legacy. The work you do, your reputation is your legacy. What are you known for at work, in your interactions with people, et cetera, et cetera? It's really important. Know what it means. Know what it means. It's your legacy. It's your legacy. Leave a legacy that allows people to know that you are a person of integrity who who maximized what God gave you. That made an impact. That made people feel inspired because of your presence and example. It works if you work. You definitely have to work. So with this, I'll be with you next week. The truth transforms. God bless you. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.